We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Light Years Podcast, we are back, Andy Lou, Sam Fendiari. I feel like I do this intro on the radio too, so it's like, man, we do this like twice a week now. Realize I talk with you all the time. Yeah, and then that doesn't even that doesn't even get into the uh, off the record conversations where it's where the good stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Thirty one points. We were both at the game that last night. So we're recording this. What is today, man? Tuesday night. We yeah. went both went to the game last night. Only reason, only reason we didn't put uh, the emergency pot out last night because it, it was kind of a late game. Um, yeah. Usually NBA games are done in two and a half hours, but it's, there's a ton of whistles. It went forever. Uh, it's been a while since I've been in an Oracle game that I, I didn't get out of there till 11, you know? Yeah, that game was three hours. I was Because uh, I was ready to go by like third quarter. Like I wasn't going to leave, but I was like, Man, like you checked, you're like, wait, we're we're just in the third. It's ten o two or something like that, right? Yeah, I was. It's... <laughs> anyway, but I was like, I was like, hey, I'm ready to get out of here. Maybe I can skip post game. It was the first game I'd cover this year, so figured maybe I can skip out of there a little bit earlier. But it, it just kind of kept coming. So one of probably one of the probably the most exciting game all season. Uh, it was something, definitely the most frustrating. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Um, yeah, probably the worst game of the season considering there were stakes involved. Like, I'm not going to say like losing to Boston where you're blown out in the second quarter. But it's kind of I mean, if if you believe regular season habits matter, we just saw why that that line of thinking is real because the Warriors would not have done this 2 years ago or 3 years ago or 4 years ago. This is a new this is a thing that's happened all year. Um, and you know, it, it's kind of been their MO all year. Everyone's like, well, they'll just flip the switch when it matters. Well, they had a chance and they didn't. 
Was it regular season habits, or is it just this is what happens now because the team chemistry is different? Like, I, I it aren't those two like, inter, aren't those two interrelated? Like, well, it, if you have good it, chemistry, you tend to have good habits in the sense of let's put it this way: none of the Warriors' issues are schematic; they they're all chemistry issues. Well, I feel like it's not like they don't want to not play hard. It's not like three triple, ne- like a triple negative there, but like I almost feel like that depends. They just dislike they just dislike each other so much. Like I feel like you know back then. It, it Do they dislike sense. each other, or is there a specific riff with one player? <laughs> um, I I feel like it's yeah yeah I guess it is I guess it is with one player. Um, I mean, it, it all comes back to that. There's obviously. Claimed Steph had a miscommunication down the stretch. Uh, I mean, I feel like that one that one thing is what gets all the I don't want to say dysfunction, but like every everyone off the same page. It starts. It permeates from there. All right, so we got to talk about Kevin Durant. Then we might as well just start with that. So they lost by thirty-one. They blew the lead, um, but we're both at the game. And one of the first things I noticed about Kevin Durant is it was like the second quarter. Really, it was really the beginning of the game, um, and KD was taking it out of bounds. And I think Livingston ran the wrong play, or KD expected a certain play to run, and KD essentially just starts moving him off and kind of shows him up on the court. Sean Livingston, who's usually pretty chill. Uh, kind of pushes back on it, and he he's annoyed like two possessions straight, and he's running down to Steve Kerr, and he's like asking him what's going on, right? That that isn't something that you ever see, right? That's like a small example. I think throughout the game, a lot of different stuff was happening as well, but it's just like one of those things where I I think the team is just getting frustrated with him. And um, and, and I should say, you know, you haven't gone to Oracle as much this year as you've gone in the past. I have gone to Oracle pretty much the same amount. It's been noticeable most of the year. You know, uh-huh. they, they, they'd have good spells where it's not noticeable, like the last couple of weeks of the season. But it's like the body language stuff and the way with the interactions. Like, I mean, this this is just stuff you never catch on camera on TV because the camera is not following KD not listening to his coach and walking in a different direction. The camera is not following teammates arguing and just kind of like when you see that eye roll, like for the hundredth time we're going through this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And some of it's to be expected. I mean, the reality is this, this team has had seven straight playoff runs. If you take it back to like the Steph clay, uh, Draymond core. Um, but then, you know, like Iguodala and Livingston five, six years. And then with KD three years and every one of those years has a hundred games. Like, I mean, it's, it's a long time to be with people. And if you and if you're not like like we know Steph and Draymond are kind of they just have that like basketball relationship where they're never, you know, they're probably not going to like hate each other, right? But, you know, if you're not that close with someone, it's very easy to just, you know, see all the negatives. Well, you say you say, you know, 6 7 years together, but Kevin Durant's only been on the team for like two and a half years. 3. But yeah, Point taken. Yeah, well, right. So, and I mean, you want to talk about you want to talk about stuff that's been going on, but behind the scenes, there's pretty much a frustration with the team itself, the players, the organization, with KD just kind of not, not really being there since the All Star break. 
You know, he's not really talking to people. He's not really saying much. So he's kind of at a point is, where it's is like this, he's his own is guy. Is this per sources? <laughs> per, per sources, sorry. Allegedly. I got to throw in allegedly. Good call, Sam. I mean, but, but the thing is, it's it's one thing if it's like you read it in one mm-hmm. place, but it's like you talk to like eight to ten different people and it's the same story over and over again. And let's put it this way. Just watch the interactions. One dude is, looks like a Mortal Kombat character on the sideline, <laughs> not wanting to talk to anyone. And, like, the best you ever have is, like, oh, see, he high-fived stuff here. You know? It's, like, I mean, I, I don't know. No one ex- no one should expect, like, you know, pro athletes to be best friends or anything. You know, they're coworkers, quote-unquote. But, like, it's, yeah. it's not the warrior chemistry that, you know um, – Bob Fitzgerald loves to talk about every broadcast, right? It's you certain... can almost <laughs> he, he he's pretty nauseous about that, but you could almost see KD roll his eyes too. You remember uh, when there was when there was like a bad stretch about a month ago when they were talking about joy and KD or they asked him a question about something and he goes, "Don't we operate I, off?" I of thought we play with joy. Yeah, yeah, like you can just tell he's so annoyed. He thinks like, do you think he thinks the Warriors are fake? Like that that's the impression I get. And when and Kawakami writes this in the Athletic, he basically says like, "Katie's his own guy. The Warriors are their own team." Um, yeah, and it's and, so and true. It's so true. But in the moments like these, let's and let's take that a step back. Like, we we all kind of roll our eyes and make fun of some of Steve Kerr's you know Kerrisms, but like at the end of the day, Steph, Draymond, Iguodala, Livingston, Clay, they'd run through a wall. For him and like they believe in that strength and number stuff you know does that mean they don't want to play like 40 minutes a game no right. they want to but like they believe in the sharing the ball like just all the bass the philo- the philosophical stuff like they're true believers right yep. um i don't think kd is and i think he kind of thinks it's bs i think the crux of it comes back to it bothers him that he doesn't get the credit it's you think really- he's not a Kerr fan I think it all I think it all stems from being bothered he doesn't get the credit for being the best player in the game which is I don't know maybe that's just the media environment today because he is the most talented player in the NBA there's no way around But that's it. how but you're saying that's how he feels right and and I think I don't think I he mean, has a problem playing in this style I think he has a problem uh-huh. with the fact that he does like when he when he does the quote unquote right thing like in 2016 17 where mm-hmm. he just played in the system and he's still shot he still shined bright, right? Like he was still the best player. Um, he didn't get that um, LeBron-like praise. He didn't get Ooh, that like what... he didn't get that like Kobe martyrdom treat him. Treatment. So you no that dude that's perfect because you see the Michael Lee article that comes out and uh, basically he's kind of pushing back and the quotes are a little bit defensive where he goes I sacrificed a lot because you know a he's, lot of the time, he, he has there's no way around it that, well that's the thing if he you're has, looking at from the it, from the standpoint of KD the individual you know super player he he sacrificed his ego well the point is that he doesn't feel like he gets recognition for that you know who right. does <laughs> it's that guy next to him the article that he was writing about it was that Steph sacrificed like Dwayne Wade. That was the crux of the article. That's how a lot of guys feel, right? Or at least that's how KD thinks they feel. And then nobody ever says, like you're saying, he sacrificed the 
Nobody talks about it. They all sa- nope. here, here's the thing. They all sacrificed. Like Draymond was I mean Draymond's offense is interesting. I I I still don't know how good Draymond is offensively. Um Let's save that. Let's save Yeah, that. but I mean I'm just saying but that's a, that's a different that's a different yeah. that's a different topic. But like Clay sacrifice, Clay could average 25 to 30 points a game on a middling team but, and have but like this praise as yeah, that's like true. KD, that's true. There, there's only two super. Only two, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Only, but yes. I mean, and it's there is a sacrifice factor to it. Like it is a little. I mean, it, it feels Kobe Shackish without the the uh, public contentiousness at this point, where it's like one guy just really wants one guy's just gonna get the team praise because like he's the center of attention of the of the franchise you know, Shaq or Steph in this case. The other guy thinks he deserves to be viewed that same way. And it's just, it's just being, it drives him insane. He, he doesn't feel he gets it. Yeah. I mean, Kobe and Shaq disliked each other. I don't even think Steph and Katie dislike each other. I think Katie's jealous of Steph. It's a, it's a, it's a a lazy, it's a lazy comp on my part, but it's like, (laughs) I do think, well, I always like the comp because it, it made sense basketball wise. Like one guy is the center of the system and the other guy is like that counterpunch that makes him unbeatable, quote unquote, you know, like Steph and Shaq, Shaq, you know, inside force, Steph being like the greatest gravitational force ever. Like you play through them, you're going to win. Right. And then the other guys like, oh, and if it's one of those random games where it's not working, this guy will beat you because he can do the other stuff. Yeah, I mean it's 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 frustrating because you, from an outsider's perspective, there's really nothing um, about this team, about the organization, where you find it hard to play with. And Kevin Durant has now made it a place where it's really hard to play with him. Players feel like it's really hard to play with him. It's hard for Steve Kerr to coach him, and maybe it's hard to play for Steve Kerr, but he's got a track record where guys do want to play for him. Uh, especially Steph and Draymond and Clay, and well, so this environment. Let me, let me becomes... take it. Let me take it a step back. The, it's this simple: the Warriors can't give him what they want and still be the Warriors. Isn't isn't that the okay. crux? Isn't what that the crux of it? What does he want? He wants to be the the central figure. He wants to be Steph. Mm-hmm. They, I mean. I, quite frankly, I don't think Kerr wants Steph to be Steph, but it's just kind of it, it just kind of is, right? Like Kerr wants everyone to get 15 points a game, <laughs> but uh, but he's also a realist and knows that's not how you know life works. Um, but I, I I think he wants that central. He wants so, to be that central figure. And here's here's the thing. Even if Steph decided to even take a a, a backseat role, like. Is is Katie gonna get that here? I to recap, this is the timeline of Kevin Durant. <laughs> he comes to the Warriors because he wants to play he wants to be part of a system that's beautiful. And then he comes to the Warriors, he plays in that system, doesn't get enough credit, so he's annoyed. Now he wants to be the central figure of the system. That's not how the system works. He gets mad. Everybody gets mad at him, he gets mad at everyone else. Now it's in a point where he is passive aggressively not shooting the ball. There's eight shots and nine turnovers because he wants to prove a point yeah. that 
he should be that guy, and they can win with or without him. Okay, can we? That's talk, what's going on right now. Can we talk about the shots thing? Because yeah, I did go into ridiculous. like ridiculous. I went into multiple tangents there that you know I didn't <laughs> need to, but. I don't care that he took eight shots. I care that he stood in the corner and didn't like fight for the ball at any point. I I don't know how else to put it. Um, He, it's not like they ran plays specifically away from him. People have this impression that the Warriors run plays. It's it's kind of read and react. It's um, so he could, you know, like when we get frustrated with Kerr, when Steph is off ball, it's more like, dude, just like, you're getting too cute versus a really good defense, but that's not really the situation with KD here. It's kind of, he, he kind of just let Beverly do what he wanted to. Him. Exactly. Yep. Yep. There was a play where he got the ball in the short corner baseline and, and he's just holding it in front of Beverly. Beverly knocks it out of his hands, out of bounds and KD's just standing there nonchalantly. It's like, dude, like, like that's the type of like, uh, lack of aggression where it's what are we doing here you see his numbers too they're pretty good right it's like 25 5 and 5 or something along those lines um yeah it's weird like, to say a guy who had 12 free throw attempts wasn't aggressive but he wasn't yep and maybe you that watch may- the game it's ugly maybe maybe that's both of us giving him a backhanded compliment like you are so much more talented than this um cuz that's how i felt i'm like dude you can do a lot more than this, but you were just content chilling. Yeah, he said and it was he's kind of passive aggressive. Play, play mind games with coach, with yeah. the, with with Steve, right? It's like, go ahead, let's see what you can do without me. When they're up thirty-one, he probably sulked more when they're up. So after the game, uh, we'll, we'll get back to the game. We'll talk about Cousins. We'll talk about Draymond. There are good things that happened in this game, uh, in my opinion, that are going to be good for yeah. the Warriors moving forward. But closed door meeting after the game. Um, I think Bonte tweeted it out. Uh, he had heard that uh, literally right after the game, uh, the Warriors had a closed-door meeting between their players. And uh, not pretty. Two games into the season, you're running a closed-door meeting. Uh, Draymond and KD ended up leaving the, the game, the arena, early. Uh, Clay was not happy. Uh, when I walked in the locker room, he didn't say anything. He was just pissed off. He tried to leave. PR actually had to bring him back in. <laughs> Clay was not happy because nobody else was going to talk. Right? right, it was just Clay left. Um, but man, I mean, how do you feel about that? That's one of the things where it's it, it that that's not good. That's just ugly. Well, that's how you know they know they they messed up. They you know they effed up. They didn't they they threw away a game, so now they have to play an extra game, and they don't want to play extra games, and they don't have to. Like they're, I mean, it's they're trying to go to the finals for the fifth straight time. They're aware of the physical wear and tear. They don't want to deal with this, right? And they know they just they embarrassed themselves, and they just they just forced at minimum a game five, if not farther, right? Yeah, I I walked in, and the first thing Marcus said was, "Hey, uh, they just cost themselves three days with this," and I was like, "Man, they deserve it. <laughs> they deserve to lose." Um, but yeah, I mean, this is the the wear and tear because look, they've gotten so. Let's let's talk about Cousins. He got hurt. So they got Andrew Bogut, who's as frail as it comes, and they've really got nobody else on the bench that you can actually play in a playoff series. Looney, man. Looney had a great game. Oh, I set you up for that accidentally. <laughs> oh, did I? Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, 
I just feel bad for for Boogie. I mean, that's that's unfortunate. Um, this quad injury. I mean, I don't buy that he could be back in the finals. I think he's done. Yeah. Um. Yep. But you know, I mean, he'll be back next year. But obviously, you know, his plans of having a good playoff run and getting that big offer and kind of getting his career back on track. Like he's back, kind of at. He's back where he was last summer to some degree, right? It's just, and what it's, is he? And the, and the other thing is, I feel he doesn't bad. Get paid? What is he? What if he doesn't get paid this offseason? He has to take another pay cut, you know. And it's like, that's another year off his prime. It's not like he's twenty four, like he's getting he's getting up there. It's it sucks, you just, dude. You just feel he looked good right? too. Yeah. yeah. Um, he looked he looked good. He was someone that like he was starting to make a difference. Um, he was starting to be that guy that he was going to have some huge games in this series, uh, especially in L.A., especially going down. Um, and in the playoffs the as a whole, like there are matchups that the Warriors would probably go away from him just because they have mm-hmm. so many options. But there was there was going to be moments where he would he would be featured and, you know, kind of remind everyone why he was considered one of the best centers in the NBA and a superstar and everything. Right. He would have been huge against the Spurs if they had gotten that far. OKC, he would have played some minutes against Houston. I don't know how much he would have played against Milwaukee, but against Toronto if they got there, yeah, he played minutes too. Like There would be teams where he would dominate against. Um, I, I will say this, though. I, do, I don't know how much it actually matters. I don't think them losing Cousins for the playoffs really matters that much. I think this KD stuff matters a lot more. Yeah, the, um, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. The um, losing boogie just means they're thin inside, which does matter. Yeah. It matters in the sense of like it's not like they have a Zaza on the bench who can just eat fifteen minutes a game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. So you know now it's they're dependent on Bogut and Looney, and we know what Looney can do. Um, and we know what Bogut can do, but Bogut's got a you know physical like. I don't want to be in a. You don't want your team in a position where you need Bogut to play twenty minutes a game. That's bad. And he played twenty yesterday, I think seventeen, twenty, something like that. Like he's gonna get hurt. Like yeah, he's I guess those nights. I mean, I guess the only positive thing for the Warriors is uh, both the Clippers and assuming next round's Houston are Looney series. Um, Jordan Bell. Yeah, Jordan Bell can definitely play. And, like, those are small ball ser- series. So we'll get more Draymond at center. But that's another thing you don't want to, like, overly exhaust. So, I mean, it, it does work out in the sense of they're they're set up to play at least for the next month teams where you're, you're better s- suited with a, quote-unquote, power forward at center Part- than, than a, um, you know, needing that big body. You know, it's not like they're going against uh, – well, we're, I'm watching OKC now, so it's not like they're going against Stephen Adams or yeah, not uh, yet, yeah. or like Embiid or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Embiid, I don't, I don't even think Embiid could make it there with the way he's moving around. Um, but no, perfect segue because you talked about Draymond Green. I mean, the league's getting smaller. I um, mean, it works out for him playing the five here, and they're going to have to play Draymond at the five a lot. He looks spectacular. He looks like someone that is in 2016 again. He's shooting threes confidently. Um, he's taken it to the hole. Like the Draymond that I like to see is when he gets the ball in transition and just goes right to the rack. And like if he misses, he'll get a putback or he'll just finish. 
Like that's a Draymond that's in rhythm, that's confident, that's aggressive. Like you never see that. I will. I will say. I you know we were both at the game yesterday. Um, when he got to the rim, he got up. Yeah, I mean he doesn't get up the way that um, Russell Westbrook gets up, right? But like, yep. there's a difference between <laughs> him getting him dunking with authority and like some of last playoffs where it's like he got rejected at the rim, and you're like, man, he's lost a step. Um, and he was like, and last year he was playing purely off of like intelligence and just knowing the game. But like, you knew physically, like this wasn't the guy we saw in 16 who could explode to the rim. Um, he's looked like that guy, um, in the, the first two games for sure. But taking a step back the last like month and a half of the regular season, he's looked really right. He's looked yeah. really good. It's like, it's as good as he's looked since probably about 2017. Really? So like my, my kind of thing is, um, Steve Kerr's always messing around with the center position. He never does it right. He's always playing them too much or not playing them enough. But I think them getting stuck with playing Draymond at the five more than they want is probably a good thing. If anything, if anything you want to say about Steve Kerr is he's too conservative, which is funny since he's <laughs> – I wouldn't say he's a leftist, Sam. But, um, but I would say he's too conservative. Um, so if this is what it's going to take for him to play his best guys more minutes – by all means, that's what I want to see. Um, I, I do want to see if this is the last run for this year to get that three-peat. Throw Katie out there for 38 minutes. Throw Steph out there for 36. Right, Play these guys more than you normally would. Um, and and let's get these wins because yesterday he was conservative. wasn't his fault that they lost, though. I do want to note that. It wasn't his fault. But he's just got to play his guys more. Like it's the postseason. It's no time for Anderson Varejao. He screwed it up already. Uh, We're never letting that one go. <laughs> it's the, one of the dumbest decisions ever. Um, but do you agree with me though? Like there was a lot of curse slander last night on the timeline, and I, I just, I, I just, we're all for curse slander. But I actually didn't even notice it. I was uh-huh. over it. Like I've reached this point where I just kind of accept Steve Kerr will do certain things, <laughs> and he won't. Um, the only thing that was annoying was. Well, no, actually, I actually I disagree. Um, on which, on what? He only played Steph three minutes in the third. Dude, you were mm-hmm. up thirty-one. Like, he right. shouldn't have to put Steph right. in when they cut the lead to seventeen. Like, he shouldn't. the 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 issue is more about chemistry and focus than he needs Steph to save him when you know the Clippers cut it from twenty-eight to twenty, right? Like that's what bothers me. He shouldn't have had to go to Steph. Like it, it would, it would bother me if it was a five point game and he was doing that. Then yeah. I would say it's fair. Yep. But in this situation, no, nah, that's just that's looking for a cop out excuse. Exactly. Yeah, a hundred percent agree with you that it's it's just just play better. Like he has to put better lineups out there. But you're an NBA team. You're up thirty one. It's like guys have just got to play better. Um, and you've got to be more focused there. And that's where the KD stuff comes in. Cause when this team, it, it looks like sometimes when this team is falling or when they're failing, they really go and like, they really like free fall. Um, and that, and that's a chemistry thing to me because yep. I, I've, I've watched this team, you know, as long as you have, if not longer, but, but more importantly, um, you know, we've both watched a lot of basketball teams that are bought into each other when things don't go well fall back on on themselves and teams who have bad chemistry 
rip apart at the seams. And that's what we're seeing with the Warriors. And they get away with it because they're just so talented, right? Like they could literally Steph hit a three that could have won the game with what, 40 seconds left? So it's kind of like they've had these games where the chemistry has been bad, but the talent just bails them out. Yep. And they're making, they're pointing fingers. Um, they're making excuses. You rarely see Clay that mad, right? Um, Draymond, Kevin Durant, Andre Godala's yelling at people out there. Uh, no Steph Slander. Uh, he's really the only guy that actually showed up on the, uh, on the presser there and was extremely calm and really Steph like per usual. Presidential. President. <laughs> yeah, presidential. I mean, he's really the only guy that seems to be calm in this situation. Um, and that's what I mean. You need. He's just, he's just, I don't know if Dell gave him media training from age eight, <laughs> but like he just, he generally, if he, he, he's not, I mean, LeBron is the textbook case of he doesn't say anything unless he wants to, but like Steph does the exact same thing. Like nope. he, he, he knows what his words mean. He knows he knows how people react, so he will give you what he wants because he knows what the reaction will be. Yep. And the thing with LeBron is he actually will tell you something from time to time. Steph is literally 99% of the time says absolutely nothing. Um, so, hey, in these moments, it's it's what you need. I think it's what the Warriors need. And um, What well, do you think now? What do you think now for the rest of the series? Yeah, I know we're about 30 minutes in. we got to get to mailbag questions. But what do you think now for the rest of the series and uh, the outlook? You know, I think they're going to come out aggressive in game three. And everyone's going to say everything's okay. And then game four will probably be a little closer. But the the bigger thing for me is we know when things don't go right, they have a tendency to break apart. And that's a worrisome sign, particularly when you have Houston around two, because Houston will test them at minimum. And um, you can't just have those games where you you throw it away. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I, I I agree with the Houston part. So it's not about this series. It's not about it at all. They'll end up winning in five. I mean, worst comes to worst, they'll win it at six. Whatever. Um, they'll they'll get through it. But the issue is, and we've heard this for months about Kevin Durant and what's going on behind the scenes, Draymond. We I didn't think it was that bad now. Again, like you said, once it goes downhill, it got really bad. Guess what? Houston, same thing's gonna happen. They're gonna lose a game or two. And if they pull something like this off again, I think there's a chance that they do lose that series. Like I really believe that it's not a hey, they're gonna win, you know, 85, 90% sure they're gonna win. They might actually lose that series. And it comes uh, it comes down to when things go wrong Houston will stick to their game plan. When things are on for the Warriors, I don't know that I trust them to. I don't know that I don't trust. <laughs> Not anymore. Right? Yeah, I don't know that I don't trust them to break apart and, you know, Steph to Chuck and KD to either pout or Chuck. And <laughs> it, it just kind of go in a different direction, which is, you know, it's worrisome because there's no scenario where if they're both locked in, the Warriors shouldn't win easy. But yep. they're not. Yep. And, you know, chemistry matters. And the Warriors, from a team who used to have the best chemistry, they might have the worst chemistry of any team going right now. Whew. Yeah. I don't um, know. That might be a little too harsh. <laughs> but, no, that's – I mean, I like it. Compared to Houston, they, they know what they, they know what they want to do. They know what they have to do to win a game. And if they fail – They know they who fail. they are, and they're very comfortable. Like, P.J. Tucker is not out here trying to be more than he is. He knows, yep. he knows what his job is. 
Um, God, I have one more thing. One more thing on the Durant thing before we get to questions. Um, 2016 uh, in OKC. I don't know if this has ever reported. It has to have been. I, I feel like it's public knowledge. But he was in the locker room uh, getting kind of called out by his teammates uh, either before game six or after game six because they said he was checked out. Um, I see that being something that's happening again. I don't know if it has, but I can see the Warriors locker room kind of feeling the same vibe and saying, hey, you look like you're checked out. If you're going to check out, at least give us give us everything you got. Right. You're still on the team. Like, don't check out now. Um, so I feel like they have that same vibe uh, with them. It came back to bite OKC. They ended up blowing a 3-1 lead. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with these Warriors. We don't know. But that that is like the toxic type of chemistry that you don't want. Sheed, Warriors World, tweeted this morning that at least LeBron gave, <laughs> Do you believe this, Sam? At least LeBron gave his all last season, even though he had two feet out the door. Right? He played spectacularly in the postseason. Uh, I don't know if you're going to get that with Kevin Durant here. So that I think that's a big problem. Yeah, the only thing I'll say to counter sheet is everything was built on LeBron, so they played his way. Mm-hmm. Um, if LeBron was in a team where they had like a system where it wasn't like he was the sun and the moon and the stars, he'd probably check out in the same way. In fact, we saw him do it with Miami and with Cleveland in previous iterations. That said... Um, there is, you know, well, okay. I'm gonna move. It. I'm gonna move it to mailbag. I don't want to go on this session. All right, at Blue Wire, we don't just partner with any advertiser. We want to make sure we're giving our listeners a good deal on a product. That's why we love doing business with Harry's. This is, I think, like the tenth Harry's read. So uh, it's going well. Harry's is giving Blue Wire listeners a shaving kit for just three dollars. Go to Harry's.com/bluewire and you'll save ten dollars on a trial set. It includes a five-blade razor the lubricating strip and trimmer blade, uh, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. If, you're, if you don't know what Harry's is, it's time you should. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. The founders were p- tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned, so they actually bought a world-class blade factory world in class. Germany. World-class blade factory. Who knew? They've been making quality blades for 95 years, almost a century. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. 10 million? Wow. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All the blades come with 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. So again, make sure harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for just $3. From friend of the show, Anthony Nash. Non-joking cue, do you think Draymond's mom's Twitter antics speak to how the team slash its fans view KD or just how she felt in the moment? Oh, hey, you take that one. I'll go after you. I <laughs> or do think, you want me to take it? Okay, go. Yeah, go ahead. I think it speaks to a specific subset who... Mm are aware of the passive aggressiveness and the internal issues, but it does not speak to a larger, the larger fan base. Uh, yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Elaborate. I think, um, and this is the problem with Kevin Durant. And we say this repeatedly. He sees that tweet and he sees a couple of tweets from certain people. And he thinks that's the majority of Warriors fans. Most Warriors fans don't care. They always side with the players. 
Like, unless, like, even, like, yeah, my friends probably, or whatever, they gonna... always side with the players. Yeah, who are they going to side with? Andy Liu <laughs> or this generational seven-foot, like, freak talent? Come on. It's obvious yeah, for us. I can write whatever I want to say. They don't care. They don't give a fuck. Like, we can do a podcast. They can listen to it. They don't care. They want to agree with Kevin Durant. They want to agree with LeBron James. These are the guys that are great, that are the best players, and they'll probably believe anything that they say. That's why we call it LeBroniganda. He knows that whatever <laughs> he says, people believe it. And Kevin Durant really needs to realize that is most Warriors fans, probably like 95% would just believe what he wants to say if he would just say those things. But, hey, I mean, you know, he's got to be really honest and he's got to let it, let it affect them. So that, that's the problem. Yeah. Okay. So from Hoops and Troll. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Not, I mean, the, anyway, it's a good question. Um as a fan, do you like to see series get extended or do you want to see the sweep? As a fan, as a fan, as a Warriors fan, I always want to see the sweep, right? I, I think, I don't know. I don't know if you agree. As, as someone that's, the more we do like radio shows, now we have one, the more we do podcasts, I don't write anymore, but when I used to write a lot, I always want the seven game series, always. But back in my mind, I still want the Warriors to win, but I always want the longer series. Case in point, last night, Warriors, this series is at least going five, but the drama and the material that we get out of it, dude, we didn't even plan for this show. We didn't have – this was easy, right? This is easy to talk about. Um, it gives us entertainment, so that, that's my take. Yeah, um, but fans should be rooting for the sweep, particularly in round one. Um, from B Boxing Bell, has Katie lost <laughs> respect for Kerr? I think we answered that one. Go and do it again. I think, well, I'm going to piggyback off what you said, but I think the short answer is yes. Um, and I think that Kerr knows that. Um, last night, they were essentially essentially yelling at each other during the game, after the game. Uh, Steve Kerr actually, when he was asked about Kevin Durant, said something along the lines of, not a good night. And usually, in tough questions, Steve Kerr makes a wise crack, and then everybody laughs, and then he doesn't answer the question. He answered the question with two words, didn't smile, and then walked off and left uh, the presser. That was one of those things you never see from someone like Steve Kerr. Uh, I'm sure he's pissed at KD, um, and KD's pissed at him. Um, for whatever reasons, we probably don't know, unless you can tell me, but they are not happy with each other right now. No, I'm with you. Um, I have nothing else to add to that. It's... It's a tough position because I, I don't think people give enough credence for this. I think Kerr would coach him differently if he was locked under contract, but he's not. He's a flight risk, and they can't really afford to lose him in the sense of it's not like they have cap space to go get replacements. The way that the cap situation is, it's like if they lose him, they just kind of lost him. They have a mid-level exception to you know maybe go get, um, I don't know, you know, 34-year-old Trevor Reza. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but, like, my point is it, it not everything's as, like, black and white as, like, well, if he doesn't want to play here, we'll go get someone who wants to play here. Like, well, that's not how the cap works. So, um, so Kerr is incentivized to, you know, try to make – because he's a team player, I have to make sure – do what I can to have him come back. And it leads to 
basically an unhealthy dynamic. He can't coach him. He can't coach him. Um, and Kerr, uh, let's let's talk about this too. He also has a bit of an ego, right? Like sure. he's also someone that wants – he says he doesn't want the power. He'll say like Bob Myers is the one that's in charge. But, I mean, you, you, you've – you know, like he wants and wields much more power than I think people realize. Well, I don't even think it's that. I just think Kerr's a traditionalist. He he was he was influenced by Lute Olson, Phil Jackson, Greg Popovich. He believes in kind of like the traditional power structure. You know, the coach is the coach, the players are the players, and he wants it. You know, I mean, he wants to emulate Pop and Phil and kind of just. Could you ever see any of those guys having to deal with a situation where a player is more powerful than them? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's true. He's probably very uncomfortable about that. Like with someone like Steph Curry, who probably could wield that power, doesn't seem like Steph cares that much. You know, because um, Steph's, Steph's like Tim Duncan. He's just kind of like, you know, yeah, I'm here to do my job and I'm going to, you know, that's it. And we're succeeding. So why change? Um, so, yeah. Uh, so I, I've got one. Um, I'm going to answer this one first. I'm going to give you some time to think about it, Sam. Uh, I got, of course, I got to answer Kev Gage, uh, fellow fellow Asian, um, <laughs> friend of the show, personal the favorite, sh- personal favorite friend. Yeah, he's great. Um, for, although I don't know how old he is, I think he's still in college. He might be like 18. Um, for ramen. <sighs> okay, I thought about this one. So <laughs> I've really thought about this one. I man. know where I stand on this one. Okay, so you've got a concrete answer. Um, I, I've mine's I think is nuanced. So here's my thing: ramen. <laughs> I, this is like the I've never seen you like this. Like this um, passionate. Into, yeah, like, I'm, I'm, re- I'm locked in. I'm really locked in, man. I've really given this some thought. So my friends get really mad at me because I never want to go eat ramen with them at a restaurant. Here's my thing with ramen restaurants in the states: is just the broth is too thick. They just throw in too, too much crap. They throw in sprouts. They throw in all this random stuff. Sometimes I don't even want the egg. Sometimes I don't even want the meat, right? So my thing is I like ramen where it's just out of the bag, like the cheap ones, right, where I just throw it in, right? I, I cook it for just a couple minutes, and I just, like, throw an egg in there. Like, I don't even throw – it's just that, right? Any ramen, I'm good with it. Like, that to me probably surpasses pho, but if you had – to me to choose like if it's restaurant ramen or restaurant fuss not even close anytime like i don't think i've ever had really shitty shitty in a restaurant just because it's the easiest thing to make you can't really screw it up the problem with ramen is so many restaurants screw it up where it just starts to taste really like some sweet some is like really salty i don't know i i've i've uh that, that's my take man that's my take i'm oh, actually we're gonna, I'm gonna have to, we're, gonna have to do, we're gonna have to do a full episode on this <laughs> <laughs> in short i'm going with uh, i'm going with ramen just because i grew up uh eating ramen um homemade ramen my mom my dad so i'm going with that um, nice that's my that's my answer how about you well i did not grow up with homemade ramen so that's not gonna <laughs> that's not gonna cloud my judgment if we want to get into specific middle eastern dishes uh various different types of kebab you know i, I, have, I, have, I have some more nuanced opinions on that <laughs> <laughs> next week i can't wait uh, I was gonna go with fun too. Um, for at, at its core, the same reason the variance is is much lower. Like fuzz always good. It, it ranges from good to great. Mm-hmm. Ramen you you can get some you can get some mediocre ramen out there, right? Yeah. Well, so what's your favorite fuzz spot in uh, in the city? 
Do you have one? That's a tough. I don't know. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to defer to you because <laughs> there's a uh, there's a good chicken pho spot um, in in the sunset, of course, um, uh, on like Noriega and Thirtieth. There's this dry pho. Have you ever had that spot? It's in the tenderloin. Ooh. Yeah, it's like. It's Are you talking about like, what's it called? That um, what is that place? Uh, Turbo. It's on Larkin. Yeah, I know. I I've been there. Oh, there. You've been there? Yeah, that one's really good. There's also one on Terraville too, I think. That, I think, one's, I that one's not – yeah, it's, it's a pain to get to. But Yeah, it's not good either. But, yeah, you've had the one on Larkin. Yeah, that one's really good. Um, I think its health score is like 65, which is a little problematic. But, uh, hey, I mean, it's delicious. <laughs> um, so hit, hit, So what did you say? Kebabs on next week's Light Year podcast? Is so, that what some, we're going some on? Some variation of Middle Eastern dishes. We can get in. We can get some rice dishes. I'll uh, – well, if if anyone listens to this and asks me the question regarding Middle Eastern cuisines, I will answer it. There's so many Middle Eastern people that follow you and I. Come on. <laughs> you're going to get one for sure. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going with homemade ramen. Sam is going with pho. That's the answer. Um, do you have another question, Sam? Do we have any more here? Are we, uh, are yeah, we let's, we're going to get another one. Um, okay. All right. Do you think Boogie's injury um, – is extra motivation for the Warriors like win it all for Boogie? This is from Matteo Derbalian. Ooh, I like this. Um, yeah, this is that. That's the hope, right? I, we I'm, we haven't talked about that at all. We keep talking about KD and how um, that's messing up the locker room. It's tough I to don't talk. Know. I mean, what, what is it like? We we both feel bad for him. There's not much else more yeah. to say. <laughs> I, motivation wise, it's tough though. Like. I think that motivation was there in the beginning of the season. Like, it was a cute story. But I think now it's it's so tough when you're playing the actual game itself. I just don't think that will actually matter. I don't think they're coming out there. If they're struggling, they're going to say, hey, let's let's band together here for Boogie. Like, I don't think that that's crossing their minds. Oh, I, I feel very strongly that they won't. Um, for, <laughs> for them to do that, they'd have to have good chemistry. And they don't have good chemistry. Mm. Like, this is something that would happen in 2015. If um, Leandro Barbosa got hurt, because those dudes enjoyed each other and they wanted to win for each other, I don't like this team. Is it's it's just not that you know? It, it, there's. Do you think Katie cares? Do you think? Do you yeah. think the atmosphere around it's gonna be like win for Boogie? No. Yeah, yeah. They're not. You're right. That's a great point. They're not close enough uh, right now to where like that's the thing like i think that's a story where you want to throw out there when you're like uh when you're you're happy like you're saying right and and you're a team that's fitting well together you want to you want to you want to use that as something that's a you know like a hollywood story it's not i don't think it's even close to that right now you think it's like maybe third or fourth or fifth or sixth on the list of things that they they care about which is tough man yeah um Let's Should we see. answer the Damon question? Sure. Out of a uh, uh, friend of the program, Damon Rangula. Um, out of all the potential Warriors opponents in these playoffs, who would you be most okay with losing to? And then he shows a a, a gif of Giannis, <laughs> of course. Uh, Orlando Magic, Nikola Vucevic, <laughs> Vucci man, my favorite player. Um, behind that is Demar Derozan. <laughs> I would I would be very happy losing to both of them. Um, just you know, they both play the game the right way. Um, I just you know I, I'm tired of seeing these these frauds win. So, um, 
<laughs> so not not OKC for you. Um, not uh, there would be something poetic to the Warriors losing to OKC with KD checking out hard on them. Um, but I don't think I mean with Paul George basically not having an arm. Um, I don't. I don't really think it's a concern. Yeah, realistic. Yeah, I guess the the better way to yeah, phrase it. Yeah, we can we can fan fiction this many different ways, but realistically, <laughs> Giannis, he, he's right. Giannis is the team that I think I will be okay losing to. Um, when you talk about guys that play the game the right way, and and he's got a great attitude, and he seems like he's going to be a great leader. Um, they've got a great coach. They've risen to the top by playing. Really pushing all the right buttons. Um, GM traded for players that you know can hopefully help them, like Meritage. I mean, that's a team that that if you're going to lose to, like that's the team, and they're also going to be a dynasty, right? So if you look in in terms of history, if the Warriors dynasty is going to get toppled by another team, you don't want it to be kind of like a fluky one-time thing, like you're saying, like OKC or or someone like that. You want it to be by someone that's going to win a lot of titles. Yeah, you want to be a dynasty like be... Nikola Vucevic's magic. <laughs> I got blown out today. You, you, by the way, your boy Kawhi great. Kyle actually showed up. We didn't get to roast him, but uh, he finally showed up against DJ Augustine. He had a great tweet. Congratulations. I think he said. <laughs> heroic? <laughs> yeah, fucking heroic. Heroic, yeah. You, you actually played well against the Orlando freaking magic. It was probably a... a, a t- Lottery team in the West. It's probably look at, a... look at this plus minus man. <laughs> um, that that was embarrassing. Uh, but they'll uh, they'll get through it. So before we get out of here, we're gonna be on the radio um, on Saturday before Game Four. I have a feeling that they're gonna blow everyone out in Game Three, and everyone's gonna act like everything's okay. But you know, in my mind, all I'm thinking about is you know, as soon as things get rough, this team's gonna come part of the seams again. Um, and then do we have any other housekeeping? Um, no, I think that's it. All right. We'll sit, we'll hear you, you know, come join us on Saturday, guys. Not true. See you then.